1: to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bucus Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling.
2: On this morning, I want to invite your attention to the book of Ruth, chapter 1, verse number 5. The word of the Lord reads as follows, Then both Molan and Chilion also died, so the woman survived her two sons and her husband. Then she arose with her daughter-in-law, that she might return from the country of Moab. She had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had visited his people by giving them bread. Therefore she went out from the place where she was, And her two daughter in laws with her, and they went on the way to return to the land of Judah. And Naomi said to her, Two daughter in laws, go return each to her mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant you that you may find rest each in the house of her husband. So she kissed them, and they lifted up their voices and wept. And they said to her, Surely we will return with you to your people. But Naomi said, Turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Are there still sons in my womb that they may be your husbands? Turn back, my daughters. Go. For I am too old to have a husband. If I should say, I have hope, if I should have a husband tonight and should also bear sons, would you wait? For them till they were grown would you restrain yourselves from having husbands no my daughters for it grieves me very much for your sake that the hand of the lord has gone out against me then they lifted up their voices and wept and orpah kissed her mother-in-law but ruth clung to her and she said look your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods return after your sister-in-law but ruth said Entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you, for wherever you go, I will go, and wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God my God. Where you die, I will die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if anything but death parts you and me. And when she saw that she was determined to go with her, she stopped speaking to her. Father in heaven, I need you that you might declare a clear word in this place on today. Lord, let the power of your spirit manifest itself for the tearing down of stronghold, for the opening up of understanding, for the purpose of drawing loss out of darkness and into the marvelous light. Father, speak a word here on this day. It might cause those who have drifted in their fellowship with you to come back and reconcile the differences. Spirit of the Lord, I pray for edification for those who need edified. I pray for spiritual enrichment for those who just need to be encouraged. Lord, I pray that your word today would accomplish what you desire. Use me, God. Give me the clarity of thought and speech that what is said in this place will glorify you. It's my prayer, God, that in all that is done and all that is said, that your name will get the most glory, the most honor, and the most praise. I surrender all to you. Use me now, God, according to your will. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. We are continuing on our journey, you know, reaching through the series of messages entitled Passing a New Way. We began our journey uh, in Joshua chapter 3, part 1, Hindrances to Passing a New Way. Part 2, help for passing a new way. Part 3, deliverance a new way in Exodus chapter 3. And last week, passing sin a new way from Romans chapter 6. We found out that if we're going to pass sin a new way, there must be a correction to your thinking. You have to correct the way you think about this thing called sin. For God has declared what sin is and regardless of what society desires to change it to, it is still what God says. There needs to be a cry for a new presentation. We need to begin to present ourselves before those that are around us in a new way that they might see Christ in us, the hope of glory. The presentation that we ought to be presenting ought to be Christ, the hope of glory, a new Presentation. And then finally, we looked at a conclusion on the fruit production. For the fruit that we had in sin was that which we are now ashamed of. However, at the same time, the fruit that is of Christ and the fruit that is unto righteousness and the fruit that is on unto passing sin a new way is fruit that is everlasting. It is fruit that is eternal. It is fruit that will even follow you into heaven. On this morning, as we look at this story in Ruth, oftentimes you get caught up in Naomi's story because this story tells the story of a woman and a man, Elimelech, and his wife Naomi who leave their land when the time of famine comes Judah. While famine is in Judah, they leave contrary to what God's instruction is, and they leave Judah and go to a foreign land, a non-believing land, a non-Jewish land called Moab. And there in Moab, it is their attempt to escape the very judgment of God. But I need to let you know something. No matter how far you run, you cannot escape the judgment of God. There in Moab, they find themselves there, and Elimelech, That is, Naomi's husband dies there in Moab. She has two sons. Both her sons marry, but guess what? Also, both her sons die while they're there in Moab. While they're there in Moab, while their family is dying, the husband has died, the two sons have died, and Naomi is left with these two daughter-in-laws. She is now at a place of desperation and destitute because she has no covering for a husband. She has no support of income come from her son. She's got no means by which to survive as a Jewish woman in a foreign land. And guess what? At the same time, famine has now come to Moab. And while famine is in Moab, she hears word from her homeland in Judah that God is blessing her homeland with bread. I want to help somebody right about here to help you understand that while you're running, God is blessing sometimes you need to understand we've got to go through some famine to get to the blessings of God as opposed to running from blessing to blessing. Sometimes while you're chasing blessings, you're missing the one God really has for you. While she's in Moab, instead of her having the full blessing of God in Judah, where God was now blessing his people, she could have had the blessing of the bread and the blessing of her husbands and her sons, but because they defile the instructions of God, She loses both husbands and sons. I want to talk to you on this morning from this idea, starting over a new way. Naomi is at the end of her road, and at the end of her road, she's ready now to dismiss her daughters-in-laws who also have no husbands and who are now in a place of destitute and in a place of needfulness. And she wants to send them away, but as she wants to send them away, she in essence trying to tell them, you need to go start all over, do your own thing, go back to what you know, go back to what's familiar with you. But at the same time, we're going to find here in the text that there's a difference of opinions as about how that's going to happen. And so they find themselves standing on the edge Of life, and life has a way of doing this to us all. It has a way of allowing us to know when the season of where we are is over and it's time to start over. Maybe you're at that place on this morning where the season of where you are is over. Pastor, how do I know when that season is over? Well, here's a sign from the text everything around you is dying. There's no life, there's famine, it's dry. And at the same time, while you're starving where you are, God is blessing where you ought to be. As I look here in this text, picking up here in verse number six, we find Naomi arises and and her and her daughter-in-laws that they might return from the country of Moab. For she had heard, listen to this, she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had visited his people by giving them bread. The first thing, as I look at these first segment of verses here, if we're going to start over a new way, one of the things you've got to make it up in your mind is that you've got to have a willingness and be willing to make a vow. What ought to provoke us to want to make a vow to the Lord and make a vow about our starting over? Is when everything around me is dying. Everything around me is famine. Everything around me is wrong. I know I'm in the wrong place. I know that this is not where I ought to be. I know I've walked outside of the will of God. It's not just because I'm going through a tough time. Because tough times will come even when you're in the presence of God. I'm talking about knowing you're in the wrong place. Knowing you should have never left. Knowing you're outside God's will. And while you're outside God's will, everything around you is dying and it seems like your situation is cursed. And while you're there, you hear word that God is blessing where you ought to be. That ought to provoke me to want to make a vow. Not only that, as I look here in this verse, I also see that when the Lord is providing fresh bread, not just bread, fresh bread, where you ought to be. He's providing fresh bread in the land of Judah, and she's over here in Moab, in the place where she is. As I kept on reading through the text, it says in verse number eight, And uh, Naomi said to her daughters-in-laws, Go return each to your mother's house, to the for the Lord will deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead, that is, uh, my sons, and with me. The Lord grant you that you may find rest each in the house of her husband. In other words, I hope you find new husbands and that you have rest with the new husbands that you have, but I really want you to go back and go away from me because it's time to start over. Now, they've got a choice as to how they're going to start over. Verse number 10 says, and they said to her, surely we will return with you you to your people. Can I stop right there? Uh, I need to help us to understand something. There's a difference between making a vow to go a new way and just saying you're going to go a new way. In text, what we learn is both of them say, we're going back with you, Naomi, but both of them don't go back with Naomi. There's a whole lot of us that started this year. It says, I'm going to start things. I'm going to do things a whole new way. I'm making a vow. I'm making a commitment to God, and it didn't last but three months. Can I talk to y'all this morning? But guess what? It's a difference between saying I'm going to do it and vowing in my heart and making a a dedicated commitment that this is what I'm going to do and this is how it's going to get done maybe I can talk to you another way maybe you've been hurt somewhere sometime maybe somebody hurt you, maybe somebody did you wrong, maybe maybe they cheated on you maybe they was on Facebook talking to somebody else and not talking to you, I don't know what the situation was, but, but guess what, here's what happens when we get hurt when we get hurt, we make up in our mind I'm never, ever, ever ever, 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 ever Ever, 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 ever going to let that happen again. And some of us are distant and cold even today because years ago somebody hurt us. Some of us are overprotective today because we made a vow to ourselves years ago that this is never going to happen to me again. I know I'm not really preaching about this, but let me just help you right there. Sometimes that's not a healthy vow because in order to experience love, you've got to be in a vulnerable position. You can't vow I'm never going to be vulnerable again and then at the same time want to be loved. Because being loved and being in love means being vulnerable. It means I'm going to put myself in a vulnerable position. But when we've made those kind of vows, we stick with those. Both the daughters say that we're going back with you, Naomi, and both of them say, "This is what we're gonna do." And then Naomi comes back, and she begins to explain the cost of following her. She says, "Nah, this ain't a good idea. I'm too old to have new sons, and even if I did have some sons, would you wait for them?" they got old enough to marry would you restrain yourself from marrying until they got old enough to marry you it's probably not a good idea for you to follow me because following me is gonna bring you more misery than it will hope and even if I had hope that I I could get a husband tonight and we could have a baby and would you wait the time that was necessary for them to be married? so watch this this is what happens after she explains the cause Verse 14 says, they lifted up their voices and wept again. Now we get to see what really happened because watch this. If we're going to start over a new way, we've got to be willing to not only say we're going to do it, but we've got to be willing to make a vow that we're going to do it. Watch this. Verse number 14, they both opened up their mouths and they began to weep. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. Here's what I I need to tell us this morning. You've got to make it up in your mind. Are you going to kiss or are you going to cling? Are you going to cling to the promise of God of starting a new way or are you going to kiss the opportunity of starting a new way? Goodbye. Orpah just kisses her mother-in-law and she's off to the races. She's gone back, watch this, to start over the same way that she got to where she is. She goes back to Moab to go back to her family's house to start all over from the point in which she had left. But Ruth says, No, I'm clinging to the possibility of a new way. And in regard to that, and in response to that, verse number 15 says, And she said, Look at this, she's gone back to her people and to her God and returned after. You go ahead and go after her. But, but Ruth says, Entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you. Here's her vow. For wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you you lodge I will lodge and your people shall be my people and your God shall be my God where you die I will die and there I will be buried the Lord do so to me, and more, if anything, but death parts you and me. Now, this is what I call a serious, dedicated, committed vow. She's not just talking out the side of her mouth. No, deep down in her heart, she has committed and dedicated, watch this, not just her life, but also her death to a whole new way. Ruth says, I'm willing to start over a new way that I don't even know. I'm willing to leave my homeland. I'm willing to leave my God. I'm willing to leave the familiar, my family, and my friends to follow after you, Naomi. And I'm going to take up your God. And I'm going to take up your people. And I'm going to take up wherever you live. And not only wherever you live, but I'm going to be committed to it until I die. I wish I had a few people that was willing to make them kind of vows that I'm going to do this thing and commit to starting over a new way, Lord, until I die. This is a serious commitment. It's a serious vow. And it's a vow, as I said earlier, not just for now. It's a vow till death. She's committed to this thing. She's determined about this thing. And her vow says, I'm leaving everything that's comfortable to follow you Naomi because I've seen in you Naomi the God that I know can make a difference in my life Mm, mm, mm. and so she's willing to leave everything and make a vow and a commitment to follow Naomi and to start all over in a new land with new people a new way if you want to be willing to start over a new way whether that's a job, whether that's relationships, whatever, we've got to be willing to start by making a new vow to do it a new way. Don't go back into the next relationship the same way you did the old one. Don't restart the marriage after there was problems and try to get back to where we were. I hear that all the time. Pastor, I just want us to be like things were. Well, if you get back to like things were, in a few years you'll be back to where you are again. Does that make sense? I mean, because where you were got you here. And if you go back to where you were, you're going to be back here again. No, you've got to start over a whole new way. And you've got to be willing to make a vow. I'm going to do this a whole new way. Here's the next thing that I want us to learn out of this story of Naomi and, and Ruth, uh, specifically Ruth, um, because of her willingness to make this vow to the Lord. She's exhibiting her willingness to start over a new way. By the time you get to chapter 2, verse 1, it says there was a relative of Naomi's husband, because they've gone back now because Ruth determined she's going back. Naomi can't talk her out of it. They go back to Bethlehem. They go back to Judah. They've got this relative, a man who has great wealth, family of Elimelech. His name is Boaz. This is what happens. Listen to verse 2. Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, Please let me go to the field and glean heads of grain after him in whose sight I may find favor. Not Boaz specifically, but anybody. And she said to her, Go, my daughter. And then she left and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And as she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the family of Elimelech. Now, and, 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 and we're going to stop there for a moment. I'll come pick up. Watch this. What this Moabite woman, and you need to understand, a Moabite is a pagan. She's not an Israelite. She's not a Jew. She's of a different nation. She worships false gods. She's uh, different. She's odd. She's out of place. She's now in Bethlehem of Judah. Not only, she's already shown her willingness to start over by making a vow. And I'm going to help you to say that. If you're willing uh, to start over a new way, you've got to be willing to make a vow. But secondly, what what we're going to learn from her is you've also got to be willing to take a vow. Okay, you've got to be willing to take a bow. What I see in this Moabite woman is she's willing to go and bow herself, humble herself... Bow down to go pick up scraps and leftovers in the field of whoever will let her do it in a foreign country, in a foreign land where nobody knows her, and she's got no friends and no associates, and the only person she knows in Bethlehem of Judea is Naomi, and she only knows her because she happened to marry her son, which was against the law in the first place, but now here she is, a Moabite woman, looked upon differently, looked upon oddly in a Jewish land, where Even in the Jewish land, she was not to be sought after. She was not to be looked after, but here she is willing to humble herself to go pick up the scraps just to help out in the household. Can I talk to somebody this morning? Help me, Lord Jesus. Here, she has returned with Naomi. Naomi comes back to Bethlehem of Judea, and all the people are excited to see her, but Naomi's not excited to be seen. Matter of fact, Naomi has a bitter spirit on her, and Naomi says, I left out fool, but I've come." back empty. My spirit is empty. I'm broke. I'm busted. I'm disgusted. I've got no husband. I've got no sons. Everything I had is gone, but I've got this daughter-in-law who was determined to follow me, and here this daughter-in-law is also willing to humble herself and go out into the fields of anybody who will let her uh, pick up the scraps, and she's willing to do that to bring them back to my house. You got to be willing to humble yourself to bow. You got to be willing to take that bow. She's willing to bow herself in humility listen to this in humility to start over from being in Moab because in Moab it could have been better if she had stayed in Moab she probably could have went back to her parents house slept in her own bedroom y'all hear what I'm saying went back to her Barbie dolls and kicked her feet up and let mama cook the meals while she just enjoyed the fellowship of being back home again y'all hearing what I'm saying but she didn't want to go and start back over the same way she decided to start a new way And so starting a new way sometimes will involve, let me say not sometimes, all the time will involve being willing to humble yourself, to take a bow from being so high and lift it up. And so she bows herself. And if I can park there for just a moment, one of the major problems with us in trying to start over a new way is that we're not willing to humble ourselves.
1: To continue our journey, tune in next week for the second half of today's message. Praise the Lord. You've been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukus Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions in support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-574-3515. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence.
0: Hi, Don Crow here for the Bible League, inviting you to join us as we team up with the Bible League International to send several thousand copies of God's Word around the world.